0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles.
1: Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
2: This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2.
1: It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew.
0: Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end...
2: What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
0: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2 we heard you loud and clear so go to luckylandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free get lucky today at luckylandslots.com available to players in the u.s excluding washington and michigan no purchase necessary bgw group void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
3: baby baby if i touch you like this
1: this is is this gonna be your your cold open
3: (laughs) yep So that I mean, it's 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 literally is my fantastic karaoke performance.
1: One day, like, I hope I hope to hear it.
3: You will. <laughs> the world will.
1: <laughs> well, somebody get us another drink. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's musical theater happy hour. Your weekly podcast with Lutz and Lopfrig. L- 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 Jimmy typed it that was, was actually it that was
3: very close. That yeah, was very close. Is the ph L- F- and
1: Lefroy? Yeah,
3: Lefroy. Is,
1: is there anything like Lacroix?
3: Um, is the no? <laughs> is that not Lacroix? Do you not call that
1: Lacroix? I mean, that might be how it's supposed to be pronounced, but people in the Midwest and people in Colorado definitely say Lacroix. At Old least they don't hipsters. say Lacrocs.
3: Lacrocs. Um. <laughs> okay. So wait. So wait. Which demographic is the one that drinks Lefroy? Uh, no, not Lefroy. Um. La- the Laqu- Croix Laqu- I can't see
1: anything Laqu- <laughs> Yes La Turnabout Turnabout is fair play Um I'd say it's becoming more popular Just in general It's a good like that's Soda good. pop replacement Which You know America gravely needs Um mm-hmm. But it's Very it's true. Fizzy water So it convinces people That it You know Hits that same Whatever Delicious Well but wait. Uh, let Laquru- what's luck La- is whiskey yeah. Oh whiskey Oh that's boring Yeah <laughs> is it you've just insulted the whole of scotland i they're gonna be knocking down my door with pitchforks and haggis soon right that's that's what we do oh my god how good would that be do you protest with haggis i assume so have you ever had haggis no and i don't plan Your time will come
3: (laughs) oh no it's so good Yeah, yeah that's the thing is like people are like oh no it sounds so gross not at all yeah like it's it's so worth it. It tastes unless, amazing.
1: Unless Blue Apron sends it, I don't I don't think it's going to be happening anytime. That's soon. That's okay.
3: When you find your way across the Atlantic, <laughs> I'll be shoving haggis down your gullet.
1: Hey and now, that's
3: just the greeting. That's just the greeting. <laughs> um, so what what's on your lips today?
1: Um, today I've got some aged mead that oh, i guess yes. mead, was I, only, uh, mead was
3: the only mead was the only
1: only thing are there any other kinds of in
3: i don't think they drank anything else in
1: the 1100s areas.
3: i think it was literally yeah i think <laughs> it was just meat i mean medieval medieval you know what i mean i don't think that's maybe that i don't even think they had water
1: no all the rivers were filled had... with mead Yep,
3: honey-based <laughs> alcohols, um, and I actually hate honey, so this is an awful time for me to be drinking mead, but it's mead's true. must, you know? It's, it's, it's the things you do for your art. Thank you, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've often been compared to like Marina Abramovich, mm-hmm. um, I don't know any other big performance artist, <laughs> there you go. Um, Why
1: are we drinking this mead, Jimmy.
3: Well, we are drinking this mead because in 1985, the musical that we're talking about today, which was conceived and created by a big league lyricist and librettist, and we're talking big league here, Mm -hmm. um, and it proved to be a British hit, and we'll put hit in inverted commas, um, (laughs) tried out in a US high school instead of heading straight for Broadway. (laughs) What show is this? It could only be one thing <laughs> It is Blondel Come
0: back with us to the middle ages And hear the story We've rehearsed A heartwarming story Of a medieval minstrel By the name of Blondel And the monarchy Served so faithfully King Richard I Richard the Lionheart In French Colonel. Was, however, the name by which he was known at the time, because, after all, it was 1189, and nobody had heard of Richard II, let alone Richard the Third. God, 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 with amazement, Ooh. as the foundations of Plantagenet society are rocked by the gentle twanging of a lute. Free. 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 To the tale of a talented troubadour Who became a crusade's most unusual recruit Quiver, 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 quiver With emotion Through Blondel's desperate five-nation quest With a woman he loved in hot pursuit throb throb, throb throb With anticipation Dearest, most ruthless killer stalks the, stalks the king, with to execute. Benedictus 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 Benedictus, 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 Benedictus,
4: Benedictus,
1: Blondel, Blondel. <laughs> I think they make that joke throughout the show as well. They kind of do. It's definitely
3: Blondel. Okay. The, yeah the man himself uh calls a calls
1: a okay i will say so, right off the bat yeah. i had never ever ever heard anything about this show at all yeah until we're doing it for this podcast <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. um yeah that's fair i mean until it popped up again uh in the uk this year i hadn't heard anything about it either
1: yeah so but that's
3: it's- Good. That doesn't it's, often come along. It's
1: fascinating. So, from our quiz question, this musical has book and lyrics by Tim Rice, who is the yes. big league lyricist and librettist. This is our first Tim Rice. Is, is this our first Tim Rice? This is we've, our
3: first Tim. How Rice.
1: have we gotten through so many Lloyd Webbers and not hit a single Almost Tim 50. Rice?
3: I know. Well, we've done all the bad ones.
1: That's <laughs> <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. But, so the the story goes Tim Rice was working on this show um Blondel with Andrew Lloyd Webber in mind, but then Jesus Christ Superstar yep. kind of took over the plate and then he later yep. collaborated with a guy named Stephen Oliver who's apparently an yeah. opera music writer.
3: Yeah, he's an opera guy. He's done a few things, but nothing um like groundbreaking, mm. you know, nothing groundbreaking. Um, and I don't know enough about the opera world to talk about his success.
1: Yeah, and this so is certainly, it, you successful. know, they call this a rock opera, which I think maybe we'll talk about in a bit, because that might even be in the Yeah, genre. definitely. Um, but this is by no means an opera. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not at all. Um,
3: and yeah, so it opened up in London uh, at the Aldrich Theatre after like a really, well, I would say successful run um, in the Bristol Old Vic, mm-hmm. uh, because it, yeah, I mean, it was there for about eleven months. Yeah, it played for quite a while. Across.
1: yeah, but yeah. The, uh, apparently then, the transfer did not do too well, partially because of cost, no, and maybe because of subject matter. Yeah, no, I think I think it was mostly cost, and they were, yeah, you know, they basically said that
3: it was just too much to run in that bigger theatre, which mm-hmm. is a shame because I think it had already kind of developed a fan base. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, uh-uh. and then obviously. You know, if you're closing there, you're not gonna go back off. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna be like, whoops, we tried. Away yeah. we go. Um, so yes, that was a shame. And um, it popped back up again in two thousand and six, um, mm-hmm. with some like new music, some new stylings. Mm-hmm. Um at the I think it was the Southwark, and then came back again this year. Yeah. At the Union Theatre. So these are all off West End theatres. It's never come back on West End.
1: Mm-hmm. Um but And this, I think, in each incarnation has been slightly rewritten and rewritten and tweaked. This is something I think people are still trying to get right a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh. And... Then there is, this is intriguing to me, and I can only find so much information, and then one very strange YouTube interview with Tim Rice. Um, yeah, that is an odd interview, yeah. But he has a relationship with a director at the El Paso Dinner Theater in Texas, who apparently... We all do.
3: Right? We all who know Greg. Right? You know Greg.
1: <laughs> I know Greg. I'm in El Paso. All the time is his name Greg. LPS, I don't know Texas.
3: His name's Greg. Yeah. All right.
1: Um, but they do Blondell. They have done it apparently several times, and at one point, Tim Rice worked on some rewrites and renamed it Loot. But that doesn't seem to have stuck, and it's kind of back to a no. Blondell bit now.
3: Yeah, it seems. Yeah, it seems almost like in the states it's Loot. Yeah. Um, and over here it's still just Blondel.
1: So um, it, maybe be- before we get into the summary cuz this will affect things. Like this is is this you know, when I watch 1776 there's some americanisms in there that like I've kind of related to or maybe let's say Hamilton. And not mm-hmm. that blonde, not that medieval europe is quite as comparable, but like <laughs> I had never heard of a few of, years
3: in between, a couple of years in between.
1: <laughs> right? But I'd never heard of the maybe fictional minstrel player Blondell as like a character or an archetype before this musical? Is that a thing you knew about? Or am I just... No, not really. So okay. like, I mean, like
3: medieval history, A, I ain't no expert because <laughs> yeah. A, it spans a very, very long time. And mm-hmm. there is so much there. I mean, like there are scholars upon scholars upon scholars of this stuff. Okay. um And there is so much mm-hmm. in there. Um, mm-hmm. Because it all kind of centred In England, and then kind of spanned out across the world. There's just so much there, you know. With something like, um, you know, your 1776 and your American uh, uh, Declaration of Independence, all that is very concentrated. It's very contained in one event. Whereas, you know, the Crusades, which is the topic of well, one of the kind of topics of this musical, Mm -hmm. um, you know, spanned out into Africa and Asia, and we can't, we don't really have a handle on that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's um, a lot to
3: cover so let's it's a I'm, lot to cover yeah
1: i was new to this story we should tell people what this musical is about because yeah. i bet you a lot so, of people haven't heard it
3: yeah it is based on like a possibly like apocryphal kind of lore style tale yeah um about
1: uh richard lineheart do you know mm-hmm.
3: even who richard the line have you heard of him i mean i've heard richard him as like, like an on. answer
1: on jeopardy um but right okay that, you know I'm not a, a Richard the Lionheart. Richard the Third he is, technically. Is that right? Uh, Richard the First. He's Richard number one. Richard the first? Okay. Um, yep. um and no. so
3: he uh well basically kind of became a legend in his own time um because of his kind of pursuit of the the crusades mm-hmm. um and kind of leading that charge. Uh and then all of his stuff with the ransom um, that happened in Austria, which is again kind of happens in, in, in the, the story. Show. Yeah. Um and so lots there was lots of hype about him. And so I've read a couple of things. Mm. You know, medieval literature. We've yeah, all read some. We've all um, I've got a whole bookshelf. That's not true. Absolutely. <laughs> uh but I was reading a couple of things about he was kind of he's kind of like the most known about king that nobody knows anything about. I'm sure that that was something like the quote. Because he's got this like legend status, mm-hmm. um you never really know much of the actual facts. Right. There's so much
1: that's been written about him. He, he, that, that, that makes sense. Like he entered myth so quickly that it was hard basically. to separate that out from what he actually was.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blondel was his, his like really faithful, loyal minstrel, apparently, mm-hmm. um, who basically when Richard the Lionheart was out, uh, and I think had been captured by the Duke of Austria, um, Blondel basically found him mm-hmm. very conveniently um, by playing um, underneath the windows of, of different prison cells a <laughs> uh, song that he once played in the, the I don't know, court mm-hmm. uh, and uh, found the right one because Richard the Lionheart was like, this tune, because apparently he wrote lots of music. So, um Richard the Lionheart apparently wrote lots of uh, music instead of, well, Blondel probably did as well, maybe. Right, Um, But it was one of Richard's songs that apocryphally uh, Blondel
1: played. And Richard was like, it's me, I'm here. And (laughs) And then he let down his hair and Blondel (laughs) climbed the tower. Now, um, so this musical centers around Blondel kind of in this story, but it's, The tagline, I think, very amply describes it. This is a musical from the 80s, the 1180s. And so there's this very apocryphal juxtaposition of this kind of, I would say, a very Tim Rice kind of sound um and oh that, my god yeah oh you know well actually no
3: well that's the thing is like tim Rice sound I'm right like, like again like pin that and capture that phrase and yeah. we're going to talk about that in a little bit exactly um because um, that's a very interesting point but yeah and also we haven't done that much from the 80s
1: no we haven't we've i done, don't think we've done plenty from the 70s and this is certainly yeah, in, that, in that weird kind of 70s bit um that my boyfriend doesn't like but it's in the 80s instead <laughs> yeah exactly we're in chessland, land though it's great <laughs> we are in uh, chessland, um yeah. and so there's you know the whole thing is narrated by a quartet of four monks um there's a lot of comedy and contemporary reference um this yep. is not a musical that takes itself very seriously it's kind of like spam a lot meets pippin with some <sighs> 80s rock thrown in yeah, I
3: guess there's elements, there's kind of elements of everything. It's it's just very fun. That's the thing. It's very It's a constant comedy. It never steeps itself into the realm of like darkness, or you know, barely goes heavy. You know, it's not like JC. It's not anything like that. Um, it's really, it's just a good, it's a good laugh. It's a good run. Yeah, yeah. So let's should we get 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 into it. Sure, let's go.
1: It's your burning quest to write To change the world To prove when you create that you're
0: the best And even though I love your music And never think your words banal
4: My heart belongs to you
2: But I'm one song away from the breakthrough No, you're
0: one song away from goodbye
2: After all I've been through for your
0: sake Through,
4: through the world we are through You and I
2: I know, I know you think I ought to burn my loot But realize I'm me, like the tide I can't be turned, canute would sympathize And even though my songs aren't played much and I've never won a million hearts I cannot stop performing arts How long can someone wait Forever's just a little long Why should not my chosen career Put me wrongly
3: in First of right, I'm going to pitch that little phrase that you took there Um... um uh, where you said it's got a very Tim Rice sound because now obviously Tim Rice isn't a musician, right? Uh, I don't know. He may play. He may play music. Mm-hmm. Who I'm not one to say, um, <laughs> but what he is is a, you know he's a lyricist. He's a, a, lyric a breakfast yeah. And but listening to this uh, i was like you could spot this a mile off that this is oh, a yeah. race because well, it sounds to me i'm like i feel like i'm listening to chess i'm listening to yeah. jesus christ superstar i'm listening to evita
1: like it do you know, just yeah. like, this and is i all wonder these goals. i i have i have hypothesis theories about this sort of thing um hypotheses yeah hypo- hypotheses um the that sort of Tim, Tim Rice sound in in America we'd call it the Euro musical sound, but I don't know if that's condescending. Yeah, totally. Um But like things like Evita, things like JCC, things like Les Mis, even um, mm-hmm. that kind of big rock sound. And this one I think actually treads a little lightly on that, but we can talk about that in another point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if in the '80s we're just mm-hmm. seeing Andrew Lloyd Webber and friends take over the musical theater scene so much that mm-hmm. for this time period this sound is just the musical theater sound like this is just what musical sound like in the mid to late yeah. 80s and so you know for all sorts of different reasons that we've talked about in our burgeoning thesis of the history of musical theater um yeah. but like you know a uh, uh not enough composers going around, maybe to do with the AIDS e- epidemic in America, um, mm-hmm. and, like, the vast success of these huge musicals and this pop rock sound. Um, and so I wonder, mm-hmm. is this, you know, it's, it's a chicken or an egg question. Like, does this sound come from Tim Rice and Lloyd Webber and all these people making these musicals, or do they mm-hmm. make these musicals in this sound because it's the era? Like it is yeah it's, it is i
3: think it is really because obviously you know you can listen to chess you can listen to jesus christ superstar and you can listen to evita and obviously jesus christ superstar well potentially some of it was written by android Weber, um <laughs> evita android Weber, uh chess obviously benny and bjorn or just right. bjorn i can't remember um and uh
1: I guess even maybe Limas, but uh, I don't know. I think not, that's right on not the edge, as but it, much. yeah. But it's still in the if um, it's a big bucket, it falls in it for me.
3: Yeah, and so uh, the thing is to me that they sound really similar, and they are like perfect examples. In fact, do you know what else I'm going to throw in? I'm going to throw in Xanadu. Yeah, I'd put that in there. But do you know,
1: like, it's got like that kind of eighties, yeah, you know, poppy, you know, rocky yeah, vibe, exactly. And so yeah. that's I do think then the strange thing about. Blondel is it mm-hmm. very overtly upfront bills itself as a rock opera. Um, yep. And if you listen to it now in the contemporary musical theater scene, it sounds like musical theater. Um, I think it sounds. Yeah. yeah. It certainly has the influence of that rock pop, but, like, we open with a with an acapella quartet of monks singing <laughs> yeah, in four-part exactly. harmony. Like, uh-huh. that's not that pop rock sound. And it's not no. terribly influenced by that kind of, like, jam and guitar. You know, the synthesizers ride pretty light throughout the whole thing. Um, yeah. It's certainly there, but it's... It, and it's- Yeah, so it was, it was
3: interesting, because I was reading um, a review about the, I think it was the 2000, no, it was, it was this one, it was the 2017 mm-hmm. um, production of it, and they were like, oh, it's just a shame that it wasn't as rocky as the original, and um, the original was so good and rocky, and this one was just, apparently was just scored for, like, um, like bass guitar, uh, mm-hmm. and then, like, kind of, like, chamber orchestra. Okay. Um so much like lighter sound. Yeah. You know, but oh it's just a shame it didn't rock as hard as the original. I'm like it the original didn't rock at all. It didn't really like, rock
1: really hard. It, and like, not, I mean, perhaps a, not, a chamber it, orchestra is, not... Yeah, it feels like a chamber orchestra is even more stylistically appropriate for this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't other than being written in the eighties and maybe who whatever character they pull the um Joseph thing and make them an Elvis impersonator. Um uh, Yeah, the Pharaoh. Yes. But in this one there's another Elvis. Um is there not There's an Elvis? Do you mean Some, the Duke of Austria? Someone's He's got like Elvis, a either. really like rock star sound to them. Is it Blondel? No. There's the there's the um like travel
3: through Europe. Like, opener to act two, which kind of has a sort of a rockabilly vibe. Yeah. Or to it. What's,
1: what's the one where it's like, Paris, we want you to say one thing, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who sings that?
3: Yeah. So that's the opening to Blondel. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's just, it's kind of done in that style. In I guess that, that's like, true. yeah. Rockabilly. Exactly. But so, style. like, yeah.
1: that's not, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that doesn't feel like it needs the full 80s trappings. For that to still be funny and still land nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it it totally sounds... I think the rock opera thing probably
3: comes from uh, maybe being like, we're not a musical. Mm -hmm. We're a rock opera. Do you know what I mean? Um, In the same way that Rent is a rock opera. Right. um, and it's it's still very nowadays, like you need to go so hard to become yeah. a rock opera, yeah, like exactly. you need to be like van Halen style screaming and wailing, yeah. like. Yeah to be a rock opera, and you kind of listen to this, and you're like, oh, it's quite quite light.
1: It's the the difference between the original Tommy and the revival of Tommy, um, Mm. is the original sits in that rock opera world, and then we see that it's actually just a piece of musical theatre in disguise. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. I mean, because something like, it's weird though, because something like Jesus Christ Superstar, I actually probably would be inclined to call a rock opera, and even now, depending on how it's scored um mm. but i don't think i think blondel is like you know rock opera light like yeah. It's, it's yeah well, it's so it's much more it's like pop opera maybe like,
1: yeah like pop, pop opera pop it, it's so much more narrative than something like jcc um mm. like because there you're you're really capitalizing on that kind of rock star comparison whereas here Mm -hmm. there's there's the overt discussion of blondel wanting to be a quote-unquote pop star in 1180 what's what's his joke Mm -hmm. like i had a great big great piece with send in the jesters send in the jesters yeah a, a hilariously awful dig um but like it doesn't you know he doesn't need to be a rock star for that to land hmm yeah i think but i think it's just
3: that vibe of like he's like a, a guitarist in inverted yeah. commas because he plays the lute, right um, and not like with the kind of his backing singers he's they're going for that kind of like i don't know almost like bon jovi yeah style do you know what i mean like kind of sex icon
1: yeah i guess that's musician. true
3: musician yeah um yeah i don't know i i think musically um it's it is. It's just a complete capture of that sound. But where I actually think the genius of this lies is mm. in its lyrics. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be appalled to say that this is some of Tim Rice's best best writing.
1: Oh yeah, it's so much fun. I did not expect the lyrics in this to be as good as they are. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's like I almost feel like because this is so curveball. So I mean, it's in between Evita and Chess. Yeah, right. Like landmarks. P- these are pillars in the musical theater. Ouvre, yeah. Um, is and I almost just feel like he's like, right I need to take those two seriously. For this one, I'll just have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and just well, kind of like take the rip a little bit.
1: Yeah, and like it's still you know my when when we hit our Chester Evita episodes, um, mm-hmm. I always run into like so much of their lyrics are like seeped in very obtuse metaphor and comparison like yeah i want to be a part of b.a buenos aires big apple why is it the big apple we're drawing an intrinsic comparison to new york kind of but why is evita singing like there's you have to draw a lot through your mind for this Blondell. it's Mm. right on the surface anything they're saying yeah not a lot of metaphor tons of wordplay and cleverness and like catchiness i think the lyrics in this are almost catchier than the music in a bunch of ways. Yeah, I would,
3: because I couldn't sing you a song right now. Even though I've been listening to it for a week, I couldn't sing you a song. And that isn't me to say I didn't like it, I enjoyed it, but um, I do just, I would go back and listen again to the lyrics. Like, it was I was just like I found myself laughing out loud. That yeah. doesn't happen that much. Yeah. Do you know I was what? <laughs> like, That I was really don't it, happen that much.
1: I was playing it uh without headphones in and my boyfriend would be like walking through the room and like it was the asparagus line and the assassins one. Um, yes. And like that's you know, these are on the one hand, I think you could call some of these things cheap musical theater tricks. Um like he's spelling and oh oh ass ass what are you an asthmatic like or um, you know these yeah. are like vaudeville jokes or there's no rhyme yeah. for richard um like you could count on you know, it would take 3 hands to count songs that use a similar kind of joke in it but yeah it it lands so well it suits the characters you know it yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel cheap in context
3: no exactly and because i think that's it it's because it's so because it is light from the outset, like those monks, mm-hmm. you know that they are kind of camp and funny, yeah. right from the start, yeah. um you know you're not entering into a weird Gregorian musical, you're just <laughs> right. gonna have a good you're just gonna have a good time, yeah. um, and I think that's that's what allows it to kind of you know the tongue is planted firmly in the cheek absolutely
1: from um, from the moment the monks go like be it's exactly and yeah, ah, yes. I see we're not, we're I not you. gonna I see this ain't, where you're coming this ain't no hunchback of Notre Dame, like we're not gonna like yeah. have this chorus that's always like and we comment on the action, like yes, exactly, they're exactly. making jokes um
3: have you got any favorites?
1: Uh, I can't see this is why i i I got nervous when I said out loud, I find the lyrics so catchy because uh-huh. I can never remember them,
3: <laughs> um that's fair you know well i've got some fave i've got some faves
1: tell me tell me i'll laugh with you
0: such a wet attitude a, a heresy be an error See mad
1: Mm-hmm. yeah because you got that internal rhyme a, in there a heresy be
3: an error See mad i i literally i've listened that four or five times just to be like did you <laughs> did you yeah you did you very much did so good um you're off your trolley get on your bike like mm-hmm. that's, that's smart a good yeah do you have those phrases in the u.s
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know enough to bike. understand it i mean right yeah it's you know there's there's so much of that reversal in here which is built into the core of the show is mm-hmm. 11 you know the 1180s through the lens of the 1980s
3: yes yeah exactly exactly and that is it's fun when they have those moments yeah um the um are so good in the song just before the assassin comes in Mm so
0: how on earth can i ensure that richard won't return i need a what's the word i mean a what's it Hey, machine, it's your lucky.
3: It works yeah. so well. And, and that's one of my favourite things as well. Is see when you put in um what are they called? What are those with I've used them before in this podcast and I couldn't remember. Mm. Like the uhs, the ums, the Oh, uh like filler words. Yes, that's what you guys call it. We've worked that I've had this literal conversation, <laughs> so we're just gonna call them that. Um see when people put them into lyrics purposefully? Mm. To yeah. like use and enhance, right, re- I just think Right, like, to, to fill the appalled phrase appalled. or be
1: the rhyme. Yeah. It's yes. it, Tim Rice's lyrics are very conversational. Um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that's where he shines the most fully. And I do think then that makes a couple of the songs in here, like the love ballads, the the slightly more serious songs. What is it? Um Keep Running Back for More?
3: Yeah, Running Back for More, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think is that strong of a song. Um because it's not Capitalizing on some of that same comedy some of that same cleverness um you know it it's trying yeah. to be like an eighties rock love ballad just flat out and it you mm-hmm. know i the my, a couple times through afterwards I would start skipping it because I don't need to hear it again um
3: yeah exa- exactly, and I think it's it's one of those things it's it's almost taking that box for almost like audition song moment for lead male moment for lead right. female yeah like it's, it's kind of just taking tick- and it's like okay let's get back to business now let's yeah exactly have the fun. and um, and i
1: do wonder if they know because like don't immediately after the monks go like you know to us it sounded like a mediocre b-side or something yes. like that well so
3: this is it this is the whole trope about um so basically blondel um writes this song for for king richard mm-hmm. um called uh, I am a monarchist mm-hmm. um which is you know is kind of trite as anything but catchy as hell um and he comes to as as Richard's away off to the crusades um he comes to uh, his brother uh, J John um mm-hmm. and is like do you like this song? And then that's what prompts the whole don't right. write him a song, write me a song. Nothing reminds of Richard, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Um and then that's the song that eventually plays under the cell. Um but that the whole point is, is that it is a bad song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And exactly. It's, it's totally making fun of that whole thing of like the it's not the good music that rises to the top. It's the Exactly kind of mediocre earworm that will kind of flesh its way out. Yeah, like
1: what's the what's the um the christmas song from love actually um yes you know um, like it's
3: uh yeah bill nye when he's like this is complete shit I
1: yeah mean, exactly right? and like he totally knows yeah it's it's that but yeah. in the 11
3: christmas is all around me <laughs>
1: come on and let it snow yeah what, that? what it does it he say my i need fingers. to play i feel it uh, in my toes
3: i think he said this is solid gold shit <laughs> <laughs> Solid gold shit. Yeah. So good. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. But uh, poor Blondel, bless him. Yeah. He really believes in it. Yeah, no, um, he's just very
1: everyone. earnest. It's very, it's, it's you know, I kept thinking of Candide, too, when listening to this. There's something very, at least story-wise, of an innocent, uh-huh. you know, feudal person sent on an unexpected journey and looking for the best yeah. in life no matter what. Yeah, very Pippin as well.
3: Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know what it is about the Middle Ages that spawns uh, <laughs> an unassuming lead character. But hey, you know, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. Um, yeah, I do have a question. I'm intrigued. What was happening in the states in the Middle Ages? Were we here yet? It was just,
1: I mean, by no, we No, you weren't
3: there, but like what was was do you know what was happening?
1: There Does were anyone in, know? there were indigenous people and life was probably much better. Um, okay. You know, cuz I don't really know anything about it. Cuz when did when was like Christopher Columbus?
3: Was that like 1700s? <laughs>
1: This is like a rhyme that third graders in America learn because, you know, we wrongly idolize Christopher Columbus. In, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 1492. Yeah, okay. so a good okay. 300 years later. Um, okay. So, yeah. But he, he was, wasn't the
3: first one, was he? He wasn't the first was, one.
1: So there might have been some. Uh, it was Leif Erickson. Or Francis and Francis Bacon? Oh, I don't know when Francis Bacon. I know Leif Erikson is generally considered one of the first conquerors of. Oh,
4: yeah.
3: S-
1: or, you Big know, visitors. So that's more Viking time, but they, you know, they didn't stay and they also didn't mm-hmm. kill giant civilizations. Um, yeah. So not much. Well, they probably, no, they, they definitely, the Vikings definitely did. Yeah, not, maybe a, not to the same extent. Maybe not so, so much in America. Um, they weren't so much on a conquering spree there. But, you know, I'm also always wrong about history, so. That's fair. It's fair.
3: I know. But it's really. I guess that's the thing about UK, UK history is that it's just. There's so much of it. Yeah. It's very long. Yeah. It's a long book. It's long and windy. Um, windy. 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 I think it said windy. I was like, it's anything but. It's dark as sin. Um, so yeah.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land. Observe how the rhymes flow with some phenomenon. When you write your song it's easy with John. A name with no rival. Well, maybe if all. Of John, I'll continue anon. For at our disposal, a whole lexicon. So, poet, write on. For instance, there's Amazon and Oregon, although I do concede that in 11. there rhymes you may not need My glowing reputation From here to run and Gives you the chance to be The second venerable bead There's Mastodon, Automaton And don't should not be missed Hootsman, Peron, Pantechnicon Can and match this list? <laughs> I see no youthful Skeleton But on the other hand The use of John with Paragon Is nothing short of brand There's Silicon and Venison And more at your command or tarragon, a accordion, a restaurant,
4: Saskatchewan, a a colon, a shrimpankha,
0: a silon, a polygon, a garrison, silly me oh,
1: One of these times you're going to come to America, and I'm going to take mm-hmm. you to a place called Medieval Times. Um, By the way, I am desperate to go to Medieval Times. Are you aware of the existence of Medieval Times? Of course times? I'm aware of the okay. existence.
3: But, Tommy, I'm an American pop culturalist. I know everything. I view my world through the lens of American pop culture. Yeah, of course. I went
1: uh, to a um, nine-year-old birthday party at Medieval Times.
3: Oh, that's cute. That was fun. Did you get to like dress up because you don't it was per- your birthday?
1: Uh, it wasn't my birthday. Um, oh, okay. attended a birthday party. Okay, cool. But what, age? what age? Nine. Was
3: that nine? Yeah. What did, I do, what did I do for a ninth birthday? I can't remember. For my seventh, uh, we went to McDonald's. How exciting. And back when McDonald's did birthday parties.
1: <laughs> That's from the past. <laughs> oh, can you imagine the internet outrage nowadays? Anyway. Yeah. Uh... yeah. It was actually quite
3: interesting. We, as part of the 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 party Uh um you you go you get like a backstage tour of like the kitchens and like the back area um (laughs) and like it was quite funny because like so my brother was like filming just the party Uh and then continued filming as we like went through and one of the managers was like you can't film in here oh my god so Uh we probably have some secrets we have some like pre-healthy mcdonald's days secrets
1: i mean mcdonald's is still unhealthy but
3: yeah but before like laws came into play about like you know you have <laughs> yeah, to call the, it meat.
1: back in the wild west of fast food when you could yeah. put the when you could put the rat meat straight into the hamburger, exactly, and it
3: tasted even
4: better
1: <laughs> anyway, um,
3: so let's talk about progressive females of the middle ages slash <laughs> Blondel, the unlikely political
1: satire <laughs> <laughs> this I mean. I think this is one of the biggest things that kind of reminds me of Candide is Blondel and, oh, what's her name? Uh, Fiona. Fiona are, like, on this journey as a duo with and without the assassin at certain points. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, variously fighting and getting along throughout the whole thing. Yes. And uh, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I think Fiona's just
3: an interesting character. I think she's a really interesting character because right from the get go, um, she is just like she's kind of going off on her own. Like she is a hundred percent, um, a hundred percent, uh, independent. You know, independent woman number one. She's mm-hmm. very disparaging of her of her little love, mm-hmm. um, Blondel, um, and. Uh, kind of is uh, not too happy that he wants to pursue a career in the arts. Yeah. Um, she thinks there's better things to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, so Fiona is um, a member of the court uh, of of King Richard mm-hmm. um, and has been there for 20 years. And she kind of wants out of her indentures. Yeah. Uh, because she's, she feels like she's, she's served her time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she tries to get out... Um, and goes to to King J, King John or Prince John sorry um, to, to to try and get out and he's like absolutely not don't be mm-hmm. silly you can't leave um, and so she kind of runs away from that right. um, and takes matters into her own hands
1: and yeah. I think that's really good that's very uh, progressive yeah I mean it's certainly in, not something that probably happened in 1180 this is a, a contemporary construct Um no she would be killed 100% yeah, immediately. killed yeah um, <laughs> but it, does, yes. it 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 lends some it. I would say it's as I don't know hashtag patented Jim and Tomic, um insightful as this show gets. You know, it's, yes, it's the part uh-huh. of the show that's either making a point or reinforcing a point, or is more yeah. than just the fluff on the poster. Um, yes definitely
3: yeah i'd say there's two there's two branches that we're going to talk about in this mm-hmm. section of that and i'd say definitely one of them and like i guess it's, they all kind of come through the eyes of fiona yeah um and her the things that happen to her um but even like in, in act two she's the one that you know manipulates everything to yep. rescue the king
1: blonda yep. really doesn't do that much no she's i mean she's the brains of the bunch she's the you know yeah what gets him out of trouble? Exactly, exactly.
3: Um, so I think that's really good because even, I, I guess even in the eighties, we were starting to see kind of the rise of the female. Um,
4: yeah, I mean we're... we
3: obviously we ju- uh, just had Ava Peron, mm-hmm. hooray, hooray, um, who you know still had the kind of her flaws, um, and then we're just about to have chess, where you again have these kind of really nice strong complex females yeah um and i feel like writers were just starting to become a bit more where you know it wasn't just tim rice that was doing
1: this obviously
4: yeah.
3: um but you know i mean i feel like they were really starting to
1: yeah i i think you're seeing <laughs> it like to to very oversimplify in the 70s we have the kind of complete destruction of societal standards and norms as it comes to these things you know free love Mm -hmm. and we're gonna Mm -hmm. be humans of the world and that's how we are and i think in the 80s we swing back a little bit but what you're seeing is the repercussions of that in a more structured society so it's like a a combination of the what were previous gender roles in you know the 50s and 60s with Mm -hmm. this new idea of you know and women can do things too um yeah and you start seeing that reflected in the art like this mm-hmm. yeah definitely and it's it's good to it's i guess it's good to see that it was happening
3: do yeah. you know what i mean because now we don't really question it as much right um but i feel like you know even something is is in the background as blonde doll. yeah um it's nice to see yeah. that there were still these characters that are like hey, a decent role for a female that yeah. isn't, you know, the love interest. Yeah, exactly. Because that's well, the thing. It almost feels like blondel's the love interest. In yeah. The mix, like, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean?
1: I wonder... Because she definitely wears the trousers. You know, the, the fifth time they rewrite this, I wonder if there's a way they could flip that a little bit. And I know the it's the only good part that comes out of that Tim Rice interview at in El Paso, mm-hmm. um, but that with loot, one of his big rewriting goals was to make both blondel and fiona a little more likeable or relatable yeah he said
3: likeable but i don't know i mean from listening to and watching the original i was like that i i'd like them i got them yeah you know i mean i wasn't like oh these people again um but i think just because because it was a very light show Mm -hmm. um i didn't really
1: You don't really matter. I mean, I was
3: just like, give me some characters. I'm totally down with it. Yeah. Um, But it was nice to have someone there who was who was more human, and I feel like Fiona was the kind of embodiment of that. Yeah. um, In in many ways, I know. I'm very intrigued to see what happened with Lute. Um, Yeah. And uh, because it's one of those uh, because 80s Uh Blondel is kind of fallen into myth. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings style. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, most of the people talking about it are only talking talking from the perspective, and I mean, like in reviews and in features on it, are mm. kind of talking from the perspective of um people who are, are reading about the 80s production as opposed to people who have actually seen it. Yeah. Um, and I find that really, really interesting because it, it, it's very vague as to how how they differ so i guess if, i don't know for someone who's listening out there who who's maybe has seen, seen it both, in the 80s. i feel like yeah. that's really as a stretch to ask but it's true
1: but who you, knows it's a really important piece of oral history that's missing this is like a you know well as we found because we live in not these places and not these eras and have to kind of piece mm-hmm. together and reconstruct these existences there's not for a sure. lot of good documentation about mm. blondel which is surprising yeah. for I mean, how successful it, it was. Yeah, because
3: it still ran for 11, 11 months. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Even long if it is time. off its own. It's on the old Vic. Like, yeah. That's that's, that's important. Yeah. Um, Yeah, very, very... Interesting. So I'd be interested to hear that. If if you have one of these, I don't know. Maybe there's like six people out there who've seen, <laughs> seen both. Um, if you're one of the six, let us know and let
1: us know how they how they differed. Because yeah. I don't know. I mean, what did you think? I didn't think it needed a huge rewrite. No, I think. I mean, I uh, maybe I'm developing a bit more of an allergy to that kind of 70s and 80s aesthetic. Um, right, but, but that's just in the setting and some of the time, like. I I mean, yeah. and you know, who knows? Maybe we're cursing the world with this, but I could see a, a pretty decent production of this hitting Broadway or Off Broadway in the next couple of years without much change. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't think it should work in the states at all. You don't think so?
3: No, not in the slightest. Uh, I just feel like,
1: yeah, I don't think. British history works across the pond. But it's so maybe then I'm just reading it differently. This doesn't feel like a historical piece to me. This feels more yeah. like Pippin. You don't need to know a darn yeah, thing uh-huh. about history to appreciate Pippin, even though it is historical fiction. But it's so yeah,
3: maybe that's not what I mean. It's very it's just very British in its delivery. Like it feels very Gilbert and Sullivan. It, it does feel Gilbert very, and Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, not but it's not pantoy, but it's very British. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. Very, very British. and I don't know if that's going to fly in in the states anymore. Certainly not on Broadway. I don't think that's going huh. to fly because I think uh, we have kind of talked about this before. But it was something like Matilda, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the British washed it and yeah. they cleansed it of all its Britishness. Yeah, I guess um, that's true. And, you know, America, and you can America. Right, because
1: it's it's just explicitly in the plot. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. don't know. I guess I didn't. I haven't thought that all the way through. It is. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I mean, maybe for me Luke,
3: maybe Luke has been Americanized.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you Probably know, we know. Give Give the monks one line that's like at the very beginning. That's like, we know this is a bit of British history, but don't worry, we'll help you through it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that so. One of the most, on the topic of British adaptations to American pieces of theater, um, mm-hmm. one of the most fascinating examples of this I've seen is actually a play, is Noises Off. Um, yes. Okay, great. And right. if you look at, so the, the the play, like the book play, was yeah. for a British audi- audience written by a British playwright, very much set in England. But then they made yeah. a movie of it, which everyone should watch, and... Americanized it a whole bunch. But what they did was Mm. um, they made Michael Caine the director and gave him all the lines that were quintessentially British. Um, Mm. And it's not... There are changes you'd never notice if you just watched one or the other. But only when you hold them side to side do you see, like, they change you know Michael Caine has a speech in the play or the director has a speech in the play about King Lear or a production of uh-huh. King Lear he's doing which they changed to Hamlet for an American audience um right, okay. and like there's a couple references i think of being done in time for tea which also just mm-hmm. seems like a stereotype i have of england um and they get rid of some <laughs> of that sort of stuff um yeah. but like i don't think i don't know it it didn't maybe it didn't ring as quintessentially british to me but i can't quite yeah, say I why guess that's interesting that's interesting because
3: yeah. i think it's i think in its sound it's very british because like you say it's got that Euro musical vibe yeah um but in terms of just i would say a lot of the the jokes mm-hmm. they just seem very british but as a, maybe maybe i'm doing it a disservice maybe it totally would work hmm. on the topic of noises off though oh my god that's the funniest thing i've ever seen the oh yes is is oh. literally the, is literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's so seen. good.
1: I, I I mean we're we're veering into a whole new world. But if you watch um, the movie, which I highly recommend, watch it twice um, and very specifically look for all the things that go wrong near the end, and you can mm-hmm. see the actors struggle with those things in tiny tiny ways at the very beginning. Um, yeah, there's it's just magical it is a wonderful yeah. piece of theater it's one of the best play to movie adaptations i've ever seen
4: mm-hmm.
3: that's interesting I, yeah i i don't know if i agree because i yeah. think it, it just i think that it needs to be live do you know what i, I mean? think it,
1: i think it's much funnier live
3: um, yeah uh-huh. i think because I, I didn't i didn't laugh other, but then maybe because i because i saw the play first yeah i knew the conceit yeah, I guess that's true. Do you know and what I, mean? I wonder so
1: it, I've often watched it in the context of like a high school technical theater class, both as a student and a teacher, and I right, wonder if that okay. adds some of the live audience feel cuz I wonder, yeah, 30 people around you. Yeah, potentially. Um
3: but yeah, anyway, that's a signal. Um one of the things I do think and again, I don't know how this would fit into a, an American audience mm-hmm. mindset. Um but so when this was written, mm-hmm. uh, there were loads of nods to uh Miss Margaret Thatcher mm-hmm. um and the complete state of the UK at that point in this sort of um kind of tyrannical leader mm-hmm. uh and the the filthy poor, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the powerless <laughs> poor. Um and it's 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 very—I don't know—it's it, it's almost borderline satire mm-hmm. in that at that stage. It's not—it's that isn't what that isn't what Blondel is about, right? There's not someone who's I mean? like
1: you know they don't they don't have I don't know Waggy Hatcher the Prince somewhere, like, right? Exactly,
3: yeah. exactly. Like they stay very true to the actual you know yeah. medieval times, but just very very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then so listening to it um, when they talk about, like, the most um, expensive uh, feat in history that's going to put, like, Britain on the map. Mm-hmm. I was like, literally. And then they're like, the Crusades! Yeah. <laughs> like, you could mm-hmm. literally just shout, Brexit! Yeah, exactly. And it would be the exact same thing. Um, but, you know, and, and just... But I, I guess in the way that the Crusades benefited the UK a bit more than Brexit probably will. <laughs> right. But it's that kind of value. But still... and I think
1: think I mean, I... Yeah, well, I just maybe i'm from an american standpoint but i can't imagine there are big monuments to the crusades that like you walk past in your town square that everyone's like ah yes the good old good decision we made as a as,
3: well no but i guess it's because there's ancient history now for us
1: right you feel um, like you can it's you yeah know, no one it's alive is even event. related to it
3: yeah exactly. it's a different a different world almost um mm-hmm. but hey maybe they'll have monuments for brexit big brexit monuments that would yeah. be good, wasn't it um but apparently so apparently they didn't really do that in in the recent production i wonder um, if that
1: would because i read through a couple reviews of the 2017 one and it sounded like for the yeah. most part it fell a little flat um yeah uh-huh like the people enjoyed the music and you know seeing the show and the show is good but like the production was lackluster Um, And I wonder if that would have given – because I do think, maybe back to the topic of making this succeed on Broadway, the thing that would stand in its way for me are – you look Mm at shows that are successful on Broadway and they're issue shows. Um, You -hmm. know, we don't – fluffy shows don't do well in the contemporary Broadway environment. Yeah, Um, exactly. And so if you can infuse it with a little bit of issue, which I think you could do, it might – like, that's the sort of thing that's going to update it for a 2017-2018 audience.
3: I would agree. I would agree. Like, I think kind of using Fiona and using her struggles at the start mm-hmm. um while she's in the court, really kind of hitting that home and maybe flashing back to um John a bit more yeah. and finding out a bit more from what's happening at home. Because mm-hmm. um, kind of in Act 2, once they're in Europe, they're very much in Europe. yeah, Um And... I think maybe, yeah, jumping back a bit more to see uh, kind of all of it. Because that's the thing is, um, John was one of the first kind of like bad kings mm-hmm. um, and very much was out for himself yeah uh, and would do would, kind of did horrible things. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I feel like you could have a bit more of that. But then if you did have that, would it, it be the same show?
1: Right. And it's also, I mean, you know, he... He, he's a uh what's the word he's a monarchist Ridiculous. well he's a monarchist so we're not mm-hmm. like you know i hate to jump to too many assumptions but i would w- wager a contemporary english theater going audience or certainly a contemporary broadway going audience would lean more in the anti-brexit category um mm-hmm. and if we're infusing i don't know like i don't know how this lands then if you follow the metaphor all the way through like does it become so full satire that we're laughing at these silly people in the show for mm-hmm. following through I'll with de- this like, yeah i
3: think definitely i think definitely but um it's i think you just need to kind of yeah I don't know. kind of be highlighted more because it's almost just yeah. like a cheeky wink yeah exactly. and then we're away from it
1: yeah, um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, It'd be interesting to see. I think it it would be worth pursuing just to try. You know?
3: Yeah, exactly. I think there's there's lots you could do there. Just be, even the odd line, just to make it a little bit more mm-hmm. contemporized.
1: Uh, yeah, I think totally, that totally combined with a you know in our American Idol kind of America's Got Talent, whoever's Got Talent kind of world mm. with the um. Blondell looking for his pop song recognition there's something yeah. very contemporary there between those two things you could do like those, those are the things that would need updating if that makes sense yeah
2: well yeah, I definitely. Am I am sunny Spain afraid, and wouldn't you just guess from Pyrenees to Benadol this place is rich and less my castanets have clicked and I've wasted my only. they always say manana or he left here yesterday oh! We must be frank Oh, we draw the a blank Oh, my trip goodbye Oh, let's vanish fly Now in between siestas there is not a lot to do So action men like Richard would be quickly passing through Though some may say aviva, an espanyol's wonderful As matadors have often said it's just a lot of Oh, we, we must be frank, frank. My good people of Spain, what a thrill it is to be here in your wonderful country, isn't that right, girls? Hmm. But before we leave, we'd like to ask you one very simple question. What do you say, yeah? What do you say, yeah? What do you say, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen my key? I see. No. Oh.
0: question
3: Uh uh-huh musicals like blondel yeah right musicals that have faded Mm -hmm. right uh do they deserve life yes after next question (laughs) (laughs) because so what about what about okay so something like blondel we can probably agree is actually pretty damn good
1: yeah well also right I mean, I'm also for bringing back not good things. I, the only convincing argument I ever run into for not bringing back pieces of musical theater or art in general mm-hmm. is if they were, you know, if we have grown as a society to realize that some part of them may not be, however you want to phrase it, the the most sensitive, the most politically correct, the most, you know... I do, we probably shouldn't bring back The Black Crook. We probably shouldn't bring back, you know, minstrel shows. Like,
3: Okay, yes.
1: Unless you fall in that category, um, you know. But what do you mean by bring back? Do you mean by, so like, this is on our radar because they recently remastered the double LP into, you know, digital media and CDs. Um, mm-hmm. Or do you mean bring back Revive and redo and reexamine?
3: yeah I, I I mean like to exist again because it is like these are yes they are cast recordings but they weren't made to be cast recordings they were right. made to be pieces of theater yeah um so it's to kind of exist as a piece of theater mm. um because you know if you think of something like obviously encores over mm-hmm. over the pond yeah um we don't we don't really have anything like that over here yeah um yeah certainly not as big an institution thing where it's like no this is a this is a gem from our past and even Um, even
1: encores i think is a a passion of love i don't think there's a lot of yeah you know it's not a a big cash cow or anything
3: no absolutely not and but it's one of those i think even with encores you know the encores encores is that that would be right that works (laughs) the encores assassins do yeah. you know what I mean? Which is like, a weird that choice. That didn't need encores, didn't yeah. It? It, like, we? Yeah. It it's just, been revived. Yeah, like, very like... successful revival. Like, yeah. Neil Patrick um, Harris
1: was in it. It's performed in regional theatres all the time.
3: Yeah. Like... Um, but, the, you know, it picks up, and it does pick up some other good right. Um But I don't know. I just think it, it's like, I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. point yeah. where, you know, there's, there's so many shows out there that have literally. Just you know there'd be like six people like say, literally six people mm-hmm. who would know them mm-hmm. and probably love them yeah um and actually because that thing is like if it weren't for you know the stars aligning the eclipse passing and us <laughs> discovering blondel right i'd have, I'd have never ever you know what i mean i'd have
1: never ever ever um, ever not and even like, the,
3: the pool of tim rice would have, right. have gotten exactly. into it because i would have been like everyone makes a blunder yeah um but, and I feel like that's a shame, because it's I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: it was so much fun. And, like, even, mm-hmm. you know, and apologies to the three people who I've forgotten about, but I live in a world where I get 2,000 comments a day about, like, have you listened to this, have you listened to that? And some of them are right. pretty obscure stuff, and Blondel has never crossed my radar. And it's Tim Rice, and it played for eight months, and it's good! And yep. no one's heard of it. And I wonder... Yeah. I, I also wonder if this kind of, you know, do we bring it back, do we revive it, do we keep it alive question that has changed in the past five years, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. where people on Tumblr can post about these sorts of things and, like, develop their, you know, there's the the internet is infinitely fractal and you can find a fan group for whatever you want. And, like, Mm. that's... You're, we're seeing a resurgence of these things. And so I also think there's something, you know, it feels fun to be in our position right now to be like, Hey, all y'all out there, have you heard of this thing? We found yeah, totally. something we found, a, you know, we did, like went treasure hunting and found this musical mm-hmm. that not many people have heard of. Um, yeah. I, f- I feel like it
3: is a total thing that's, that's been happening is, as fan culture is becoming a thing unto itself. Yeah. Um, I think people are, constantly on this search to be the fan yeah you know I mean? to be like the i actually know everything about this i exactly. am the champion for yeah. this
1: piece and it's um, and it's beautiful and that's quite cool it's yeah. beautiful it's dangerous i mean this is probably probably where we should talk about it a little bit but the whole mm. great comet twitter you know saga
3: perfect time to talk about it tommy perfect time to talk about it what a fantastic segue yeah um yes Social bloody responsibility.
1: Yeah, it's it's born out of this social media attachment that exists around these pieces of musical theater. And, you know, can yep. I tell you, Jimmy, in a tangential way, you know, not specifically, not explicitly, not on my own, but I feel mm-hmm. responsible. Um We're in this world. We're in the land of online musical theater commentary. We talk about Mm -hmm. musicals that either we haven't seen or aren't a part of or are old um, and, like, encourage this additional layer of discussion and, you know, Mm -hmm. fandom of these sorts of things. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Hamilton certainly lit the pile of gunpowder, but... There was plenty before, and there's plenty on the outside of that too, and it's us.
3: <laughs> but what I would say is, what we aren't doing are calling people racist
1: who aren't racist. <laughs> I sense you have an opinion about these things. I agree. Wait, you're glad, to, yeah. I, yeah. I agree. Like I I do think there's there's nuance to it all. I think so, but it, it's
3: one of those to. You can't deny that with comet um I mean obviously we are completely biased, and like comet means more to me, I think than any other show has ever ever mm-hmm. meant, just because of the experiences right. that it's brought me, and I will hands up and say that I am biased right. um but it, you know even just looking at it from an outside perspective Mm -hmm. at the moment there is no more diverse a show has there ever been as diverse a show right and for people who are just flat out ignorant Mm -hmm. and don't know anything about it to Mm -hmm. just turn around and see a hashtag and be like okay i'll do that yeah racist it's racist yeah to to oh it's just it, it infuriates me because yeah. that is a lack of social responsibility. Yeah. We've all seen Black Mirror. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We've all seen yeah. what happens when you hashtag things. These right. will fly out and
1: kill you. Like, right. that is what's literally happened to the Great Comet. Yeah. Do you know but, what I mean? So, I will... To be... I agree with you. To be mm. devil's advocate, mm. it gets, you know, in in our light speed millisecond information super world we live in right now like let's say on a hypothetical we're talking about this musical blondel that you know no one has heard about and we are professing to be authorities on it to a certain extent because we've listened to Mm -hmm. it and we've done research on it and we discuss it Mm -hmm. and that's the sort of thing we do but what if we get something wrong which we do all the time (laughs) um yeah yeah. and by you know by sheer definition, we don't know that we got it wrong. If there are all sorts of scenarios where we get something wrong in the wrong way or have the wrong assumption about something, mm-hmm. and all it takes is a couple button clicks or an influential tweeter or someone to get that snowball rolling. And once it's down the yeah. hill, even if it's based on false assumptions, mm-hmm. you know, there's no stopping but I'd say, it.
3: like, I don't know. I don't know that because I would say the things that um, we get wrong...
1: Mm-hmm.
3: are, you know, seeing Lindsay Sterling instead of Lindsay Mendez. Right. Do you but you I mean
1: that's just because we, we haven't yet and because we think we're pretty thorough in our research. But I I would say I am pretty thorough in my, because because I feel like I have a social responsibility.
3: Because we are putting out ideas there. Yeah. And because we do have a following, yeah. I think you instantly have a social responsibility there yeah. to do your research fact check. Yeah. Like that is we all know now the world that we live in the world of gorgeous and lovely fake news Mm -hmm. um and we know that we need to fact check Mm -hmm. everything we can't trust anything on face value anymore yeah Yeah. um but i think
1: it's just so important yeah it's so yeah i agree i find it so tricky because like we're not talking we're not talking hard and true facts here you know, we, like, mm-hmm. the the concept of a fact is something I think we're redefining in 2017. And I don't mean yeah. that in that kind of alternative facts kind of sense. But mm-hmm. in the idea that we are all human beings and things only exist through our perception of them and our perceptions yeah. are different, Um you know, so for easier things, like, let's say, I don't know, the speed of light, or how much I weigh, or, like, constants, yes, facts, easy. But mm-hmm. when we start treading into, like, was this casting decision made through some kind of racism or institutional racism, or as mm-hmm. because of it, maybe not even explicitly so, but as a result of it, there's – it's harder to define – it's harder to agree on the facts there. It's yeah. harder to come would, to and I, a mutual perception that equates. I would totally I would totally agree with you
3: on that point. And I would say that, you know, there is a lot of nuance to what happened there. It wasn't, by any stretch, the perfect way that things should have been done. Do you know <laughs> uh-uh. what I mean? It's not a case of, they're completely in the right, yeah. and uh, this is all a farce. But the, the thing that I take issue with is the, the snowball that surrounded it. Yeah yeah because there was just too much of that and it yeah. severely yeah. you know affected things and and incorrectly like yeah. it just flat out incorrectly um yeah. so that's that's where i that's where my issue comes from yeah you know but I mean? so
1: perhaps bringing it back a little bit should we revive the unknown should we you know jimmy and tommy mm-hmm. be doing this podcast about blondell a v- relatively unknown musical i think yeah absolutely because of the power this sort of stuff has. You know, yeah. True. In a in a world where every background character in the movie of *Les Mis* has gifs about them on the internet, like, yeah, is exactly, like you exactly. know, carrot holding man, and like, or all I the, love carrot holding man. Oh my god, right?
3: fuck yeah, carrot holding man. That's me on Tumblr. That's yeah,
1: me exactly. Or like all of the fan art out there about the slash fiction of the minor Mormons and Book of Mormon, and like yeah. animatics of you know their honeymoons together, like people have and i think it's all wonderful i think it's all great and Mm -hmm. you're right there's a response there's an there's an implicit responsibility that comes with it because you profess to be some kind of owner or communicator of the art with it and it takes a lot of work you know you and i both know this like exactly to go into this sort of stuff to figure this stuff out it takes a lot of work to do these things justice at least 70 percent of the time
3: for sure. No, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think social responsibility. I think that, like, let this be a lesson to us all and let this never happen again.
1: Oh, uh, it'll, ha- it's going to happen 30 more times. Like, I know, but it just, it really shouldn't. And I'm
3: like, my, I mentally won't cope with it. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm still I mean,
3: recovering. I'm still recovering. Oh, it's, so, it's hard. And I know that sounds so stupid because it is just a show at the end of the day. But when it's your life, do you know what I mean? When it's your yeah. life, when it's the lives of people that you've met and interacted with and care about, like, yeah. that's and, something else.
1: And I know you're saying this to say this out loud, but I would imagine mm. you don't have to justify this to anyone who listens to this podcast and certainly not to me. Like, you yeah. yeah. <laughs> know, in a world where people have vehement opinions over whether or not Lucille Ball or Angela Lansbury was a better main, like these are our lives. Yeah. These are things we connect to. These are things we care exactly. deeply about. Um, yes, I, I do true. think it is
3: interesting to talk it Angela about. Angela Lansbury. Yeah, I know completely.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting to consider that, like, we and I mean that both in the royal sense and in the collective sense um, mm-hmm. are spinning up this kind of like secondary contingency to specifically musical theater in our case certainly to all sorts of pop culture things but there is something maybe it's because maybe it's confirmation bias and just because it's in our world but there Mm. is something special and unique about it in musical theater world um and you know we have lin-manuel miranda to thank or blame for that with his ham for ham internet presence and his wonderful twitter jokes um but like every show nowadays is either expected to or just accidentally generates this kind of secondary existence on the outside of it. Um, Yep. You know,
3: we're doing that with... I mean, so, yeah, well, one of my other, one of my other big passions is is the world of drag. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, certainly, um, in RuPaul's drag race, we, there has been some severe, like, dark problems to do with that and social media and, you know, like, racism, like, just flat out racism has occurred because of fandoms. Um, And it's, It's so dangerous. It's
1: just so dangerous. I mean, I, you know, maybe this will be our crystal ball for the show, but I would say give it two or three years before we see a musical or similar, you know, kind of theatrical production that is kind of the Edwin Drood of social media, where they totally blur that line between the piece of fiction we're putting on stage and the world that exists outside of that piece of fiction. Whether it mm-hmm. is, you know, like, in the simplest terms, like, vote with your phones now! Who killed yeah. Edwin Drew tonight? Um, yeah. Like, s- something in that kind of world. Like, there's something fascinating about it. It's certainly contemporary, and there's certainly artistic commentary to be had about it. But mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see – you know, Evan Hansen is taking the world by storm in a post-Hamilton world – um, with it, all of its social media trappings. I would not be yep. surprised to see, you know, Facebook the Musical soon, where half of it's streamed live while it happens. And depending upon how many likes or crying faces the live streamed video happens, changes Precisely the next song right. they sing or whether they, you know, murder right. an audience member or something.
3: Exactly. It actually sickens me to my stomach, like the thought of that, because yeah. it's. That's not why I go to theater, right. you know what I mean. That's not why I consume art. I yeah. consume art for the you know, the old traditional way of feeling something yeah. in the real world, yeah. Like,
1: uh, but it's changing. But, hey. but so you say that I'm going to challenge you because yeah. I don't think you can anymore. I don't think you can. We saw great comet. We saw great comet after having listened to the cast recording. And after having experienced all sorts of part of it, parts of it, you know, via social media, via, you know, I'm not talking watching bootlegs. I'm just talking like knowing about that kind of show and like knowing mm-hmm. people's reaction to it and what makes it popular and its history, you know. But I can't. No, but I, my, I don't know, my feelings for Comet yeah. uh,
3: happened when I listened to The Cash Garden, when I had an, a physical experience with it uh-huh. myself. I wasn't like being like, what do other people think? Oh, other people like it. Cool. I mean,
1: no, ab- absolutely, but I think you know I mean? there's still you know that's it's still an eighty percent experience. I don't think I'm ever, ever, ever going to be able to go into a musical blind ever again. Like go right. see it, you know. Um, I th- I just think it's impossible. Like they put the poster on the door. <laughs>
3: like yeah, but no, there's I mean th- there's there's things that that's that's fair because that's what
1: yeah but, I mean, but like, I mean like even even beyond that there's hype around and you know it's just because this is the world i'm in but yeah i will know that the show has been in development for so long and these people have been attached to it and you know yes. we feel this way yes. about these sorts of things and it's these artists so we have assumptions about these sorts of things they do and like for sure you know who didn't you know, when everyone wanted to go see Moana because Lin-Manuel Miranda had a song in it. You had assumptions yeah. about that that affected how you viewed the art that are based on this kind of secondary cultural cultural thing. And certainly those existed in a pre-internet age where you could read newspaper mm-hmm. reviews or hear from your friends or listen to the cast recording, whether it was a CD or, a you know, record. Um, but yep. not – there's something just more about it now that mm-hmm. – is scary and fascinating
3: yeah yeah i dare on the it's scary yeah. um but hey at least social media and all that jazz has brought us blondel
1: <laughs> yeah
3: and i'm happy about that
1: it's true it's true i'm happy this musical's in my life
3: i i generally i know it sounds so weird but i was yeah. thinking that i was just like this i'm like i'm really pleased yeah it's <laughs> such a strange yeah. thing to say. Like, it was a, I'm it, very pleased that i found this
1: yeah i mean that maybe that's kind of what i was talking about like as i said i knew nothing about this knew very little of mm-hmm. what to expect about it didn't know what kind of reputation it had didn't have any assumptions mm-hmm. about it that was fun
3: <laughs> yeah totally totally um a, a nice yeah just an enjoyable experience so as, as you're like hey hey this is
1: yeah they're framing stuff with john great <laughs> Do you know what i mean like yeah. fab yeah i'm totally down i don't i don't get that very much anymore you know I'm, yeah yeah I'm, it's, it's I'm, difficult i'm envious of the people who comment and they're like have you heard of the music did you know they made a musical of titanic yes like yes you know i'm I'm envious of you and your like ability to discover things that you haven't heard of and know yeah. nothing about
3: well, that's it it's like we you know we discovered it once upon a time mm-hmm. um but i guess the well is slowly but surely drying up yeah um, but hey that's why lots of people need to keep creating musicals come on everyone.
1: please go come write on. one right now That was Blondel. It was. Who knew? Who knew? Go listen to it if you haven't. It's worth it. No, I, and like, seriously, go listen to it. Yeah, do it. It's not easy to get, but... It might be easier and, soon, but you'll find it somewhere.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, if you go hunting, we've listened to it. Yeah. So therefore... In fact, do you want? I was going to keep this secret, but do you want to know a fun, interesting <laughs> bit of musical <laughs> theater trivia? Yeah. Um... I have actually bid on the LP on eBay because really, I really <laughs> <wants it. laughs> yeah, I, like I weird, like I weirdly love it. Like what? I weirdly love this show. I think just because it it, it took me so much by surprise. I think uh-huh. that's what it is. I'm like I'm charmed. I'm I do so,
1: charmed. Jimmy. You know what our goal is? Our goal is to find the person who outbid you on eBay now because you're probably soulmates. Well, how do you know I'm going to be outbid? Oh. Well, because we put it on the I podcast, have, I have... <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, no, because it's fine. The auction will be up the time all right. uploads.
1: All right, whoop, whoop. Well, um, cross your fingers, everyone. That so, Jimmy's won his bid. Exactly. Um,
3: yeah. Hey, Tommy. Blond all well and good, but I want to do something else next week.
1: Well, have I got a quiz question for you?
3: I hope so, because that's the format <laughs> of the show. Oh, <gasps>
1: Originally, act one of this show that we're doing next week was slated to end with a round of musical chairs emceed by a gorilla. However, the producer of the musical didn't think that this number worked, much to the dismay of the choreographer. Strangely, when they adapted the musical into a movie later, this same choreographer ended up performing in the new number that replaced the Gorilla Musical Theater Chairs, Musical Chairs piece. What show?
3: I'm sorry, but who ever thought you would ever say the sentence, a round of musical chairs emceed by a gorilla? <laughs> who ever thought that? Do you know what I mean? When I, you woke up this morning, did you think, I'm going to say this sentence?
1: When thing, when we started this podcast, girl. I actually wrote a list of goals. Number one was get invited to a Broadway show. And number two was say the sentence to the sentence, a round of musical theater chairs emceed by a gorilla.
3: So does this mean that after after this next week, that's just, it. We're done. That's, you're, that's you're it. Done. It's been <laughs> a good done. run. All goals achieved. <laughs> All goals achieved. Um, but no, don't worry. Tommy's staying. Um, I hope. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's he's staying. Good. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch with us, you absolutely can and should um, come. Find me over on Twitter at as in and uh, YouTube at the exact same handle
1: and I'm musical mash on twitter and musical theater mash on youtube or check out our show twitter jim antomic
3: or you can hop on over to our website jimantomic.com which has a link to our fabulous reddit discussion where we will be chatting up a 1980s storm i about how probably you o- it and everyone's going to love it
1: i'm only going to respond in minstrel tunes great <laughs> i'm going
3: to hold you to that <laughs> Good. Are you going to respond as much as you've responded recently?
1: Exactly as much, one hundred percent.
3: Excellent. Good. Good. Ha ha ha. Um. Hey. Uh. Let anyone you think will like this know about it. Um. And we will see you next week.
1: See you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.